What up, City of Champions? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. One of our sponsors here at the Alberta Podcast Network is Alberta Health Services, and they've got an important message to pass along, and it would seem that they thought the best way to deliver this message was by hiring the absolutely most adorable child actors that they could find. Quite frankly, I can't disagree with them. So listen to what these kids have to say about visiting the emergency room. We asked these children if they know when to go to emergency and when there are other options. Maybe if someone had a seizure or a heart attack, I would go to emergency if I was paralyzed or like broke something. They're there to treat people that are really sick or really hurt. If you have an emergency or if you're not sure, we're here to help. Know your options. Call HealthLink at 811 or visit ahs.ca slash options. And now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Guys, this week, thrilled to have on my brother, Keegan Lowe, back on the podcast. It's been just over two years since he joined me as a guest on episode two of City Champions, uh, so we had a lot to catch up on. And joining Keegan on the episode this time is his childhood best friend, minor hockey teammate, and junior hockey rival, Janin Risley. Janin spent last season playing for the Nottingham Panthers in England, uh, completely redefining the term non-traditional hockey market. And this season, he's off to play for the South Carolina Stingrays of the ECHL. As Keegan's older brother, I watched him and Janin grow up together, and it's just such a trip to see both of them playing pro hockey, which is something I know they both dreamed of as kids. And I think for them to have stayed this close over the years and as they're into their late 20s, uh, it's just really something special to see. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with besties Keegan Lowe and Janin Risley. Do you get nervous around microphones? Yeah, especially cameras. I'm not as nervous now that it's not on camera. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Well, I hit record, so we're going. Are we started? Yeah. <laughs> Keegan's a seasoned vet at this. Uh, he was episode number two. Happy two. Who was happy one? Uh, my buddy Drew, he's a boxer. Oh, nice. I think Bree was three. Yeah. And that's it. And I said, no more family. <laughs> Don't go get it, get it legit. <laughs> how's, uh, how's training going, boys? Right now, it's a struggle because everybody's gone. Um, there's me and two other guys in the gym. And we actually moved out of our gym into a boxing gym now. Yeah. So we're... Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty laid back now in terms of the... I don't know if I can swear, but like you can swear if that's you, you can swear. The give a fuck meter is not even registering anymore. It's <laughs> it's tough right now. It's it's like the dog days, but almost, right, almost there. So what? It's more intense when you got a bunch of guys that are all competing together, or what? Yeah, exactly. Now it's just you walk into the gym, you just kind of want to not be there. Everybody's <laughs> else, everybody else is already like in Europe or going to camps, yeah. playing hockey already. So you're just kind of like in the gym and you know that they're playing hockey it's like oh i just kind of wish i wasn't here and yeah. playing hockey instead you want to get the season started yeah exactly where are you going this year i'm going to charleston south carolina charleston south carolina it's in the east coast hockey league yeah it's uh it's a beautiful spot that's it's, uh, isn't that where the guys got shot up yeah no there was a there the was church a church shooting. shooting there uh I don't know if the guy was from Charleston, though, so I think the city still got good people. Yeah. Um, but it's right on the ocean and everything. I've only been there when when we played there on the road when I was in that league, but 
It's a, it's a really gorgeous spot, like right on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Nice weather, nice nice golfing, everything like that. You can't be thinking about golfing at the start of the season. Well, you can't, but in this weather, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. Uh, will you actually play, like, if once the weather is, if, as long as the weather's good enough? If the weather stays good, yeah, for sure. I'd love to get out as much as I can. I heard it's, it's like the golfing mecca of that area. Is so. it? Do you ever think, golf during the season? Sometimes. I think the stereotype is, like, focus around the winter season, or the winter areas like Edmonton, right? Like, you're only golfing if you're out of the playoffs. Yeah. But, like, us having both played in lots of southern cities, like, it's really common if you have a game on Friday after practice on Tuesday for a bunch of guys to go hit the course. Oh, okay. And it's not too hot. It doesn't yeah. drain you. Like, play nine holes or whatever. You know, like, maybe not the day before a big game, but, yeah. you know, you're it's, like I said, down there you can play all year round, but up here you're like, oh, you're golfing? Must, season must be over. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Has anyone ever got hurt playing golf? I've... <laughs> I I never have. I don't golf a bunch during the season, but sometimes a guy will come into the rink and be like, oh, my back's all tight. And they'll be like, well, what the hell were you doing yesterday, yeah. right? So I think you have to know your body, and if something like that makes you sore, if, like you already have things going on, you probably shouldn't be doing it to take away from yeah. your actual like there's, job. There's but. certain connotations to it. Like when I lived in Cincy, I would go to the driving range mm-hmm. after pregame skate, just mm-hmm. kind of like, just, I don't know, kind of relax and loosen up a little bit. I don't know. I thought that helped me a lot. Does it help with your hand-eye at all? Uh, you know, that sort of like cross-sport, multi-sport philosophy? For me, I don't think so because I golf right, but in hockey, I shoot left. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's all fucked up. It's a little bit of, yeah, fuckery there. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, it screws you up more. <laughs> well, it could screw That explains up, it. Now that it's in my head. Why I'm did you have more backhand goals? Than <laughs> than <laughs> oh, my backhand's lethal. <laughs> So when do you take off, Jane? I'm heading out September 24th. Yeah. 12.05 a.m. Yeah. I've got a long it. journey ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Got to go to Toronto, then a two-hour layover to Atlanta, and I think an hour and a bit layover, and then to Charleston. So it's it's a bit of a journey. Yeah. And then do you get right into camp when you're there? Uh, camp starts the 30th, so I'll get there the 24th afternoon, yeah. and it's super hot there, so I wanted to go early to kind of get used to skating on the hot ice because it like you've played in charlotte like it it does make a big difference yeah yeah the humidity the humidity is the biggest thing like you're like and especially there yeah and that time of year like it's it's just starting to get better then but yeah i think they say it takes like a week you're just you just feel like exhaust like more exhausted like then it probably messes the ice up too eh? ice is always soft yeah. yeah, yeah. Depending on the rink, like I feel like it's one or the other. It's either like really soft and slow, or else they just pump the AC and it's <laughs> freezing and it's like rock solid. Yeah. Like it's never perfect, yeah. <laughs> especially in the minor leagues. You, oh, yeah. You're you're in tough to find it. Like like NHL ice feels unreal when you get on it. It's <laughs> always a treat when you get a yeah, rare yeah. opportunity. In lots of basketball, like primarily like NBA arenas, and obviously the NBA would take precedent over, you know, the minor league hockey team. Yeah. So if they, the NBA team wants to practice the morning of a game, they're going to throw the court on for them and rip it off last second. How long can they do it? How long does it take to do that change? I think it depends on the, on the stadium. Like I know like, and like the crew they, they pay, but like 
I've, like at Madison Square Garden will have a basketball game and a hockey game in the same day. That's but they, insane. You know, they'd employ more people. Yeah. LA too. Didn't they have like a Clippers game, a Lakers game, and a Kings game? Probably. Yeah. Really? In one day? They, they could do. they could rip that like yeah. court out in an hour if they have enough people, but it's... Yeah. The ice might not be very yeah. good sitting <laughs> under it. <laughs> so do you have uh, like you're in, um, in Bakersfield, do you have any pro sports nearby? That you can go watch? Like, is there a basketball team or would LA um, be the closest? Yeah, LA in Baco, we're the only professional sports team. Only show in town. Yeah, which is kind of nice, but especially in not like a huge city. But in LA, I mean, if you want to watch any any major sport, like, that's probably the best area to do it because you can, yeah. within two hour drive, you have the Ducks, the Kings, the Sharks, and then you have. Dodgers, the Angels, the, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Clippers, the Lakers, the the Rams, yeah. the Raiders, like everything. Yeah. Do you uh, like? Will you actually go to other games during your season if you got a few days off? It's it's tough because like lots of times if you have you rarely have more than one day off in a row, and the day off uh, we'll go into LA, but. And we've tried. We've never had, and it also has to work out. Like football plays once a week, so it has mm-hmm. to be on a Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday. And never, it's not Sunday or Monday more likely to have a day off in hockey because we'll play on the weekends mm-hmm. primarily. But then it also has to be at the right time. You have to be able to get tickets too. I haven't been to a football game yet in LA, but when I played in Charlotte, we went to a bunch because you don't have to do the drive, so you can. Right, it's a little more convenient. So are you yeah. far from where the Panthers play? Uh, yeah, I think Charleston's probably three hours yeah. from Charlotte. Oh, okay. Um, that's probably the closest NFL team. Maybe Jacksonville? I don't know. I think... I don't even maybe know. Maybe even Atlanta? No. Uh, There's a yeah. couple there in that area. Yeah. I'll have to figure it Atlanta out. Atlanta would be closer, I think. Yeah. You guys... Do you have friends in any other pro sports? Any other pro sports? Yeah, other than hockey. No, but I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> So friend, friend request? No, I just I always find it curious like to see athletes from different sports interact. It's always like cool to hear them talk about you know their training regimen or you know just like what they do in the off season or even like their mindset to games, right? Their like, struggles. Like I know, yeah, their struggles exactly. Like how the victories feel. Like I know hockey players mostly, so. For me, I kind of, you know, there's that typical, like, hockey player, like, stereotype, you know, they're, especially if they're Canadian, they're a little bit more reserved, polite, those kind of guys. But then you see other sports like basketball and football, they're just total characters. So I'd love to see sort of interactions between between those guys. Oh, yeah. Especially NFL guys, like right now with Antonio Brown. <laughs> What's going on with him? Are you, yeah. So he, he had his helmet that he wanted. And then they wouldn't let him wear it because it's too old of a model. Okay. It didn't didn't pass like all the the safety specs. Yeah. And then so he was super mad about that and didn't show up to practices and stuff like yeah. that. Because he got traded from the Steelers to the Raiders. Right? The Raiders, yeah. So first year with the new team, he's missing practices and camp <laughs> and stuff, and so they just they find him for that. And then he was posting like the fine on social media which I don't think anybody's done before (laughs) and then apparently yesterday uh, Adam Shafter said that 
he got into like a verbal argument with like shoving with the GM. So Antonio did. Yeah. So hey, he's almost fighting his general manager now. So is he? He must. It sounds like he's a little salty about the trade. So now they're threatening to suspend the team to suspend him for week one. Yeah. And then he's coming back saying like, I don't have to play at all if you suspend me. Like <laughs> yeah, basically. And they're Shit. tweeting like, like Antonio Brown could never play a game. For yeah. the Raiders, and meanwhile, during all this, I'm in two fantasy football <laughs> leagues, and I have them on both my teams. Yeah, he must be sweating. He was like, "Do I keep Antonio Brown or who's the other guy?" Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. But I would have. I ended up getting Keenan Allen in the draft. I probably would have got. I probably would have picked Brown. Like you can't yeah, pass him up. You can't pass him. You don't yeah. expect this nonsense to happen. And then in my other league, so we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> Are you guys good at fantasy football? Not. He's not. He actually managed to not win an entire game the, the whole season last year. Really Never seen of, it done before. A lot of injuries, a lot of suspensions, a lot of, a lot of guys doing bad things on my team. I Looking back, though, at the draft that I had, it, that was what I wanted. I wanted guys that were physical. And <laughs> it's football. It's, Everyone's it's, physical. It's too bad that they were physical off the field, <laughs> which resulted in my you, team not being good. But. You have to You have to literally try not to win a game. That's, no, it was insane. I've never seen it. That's like terrible. It. It's tough. You GM like Peter Shirelli GM. I, I was in England. It was tough managing the time and the hours and being on the waiver. Yes. Yeah. It was a lot of excuses. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't go you too much. I'm dog shit at fantasy. Like, and it seems like almost every week my projected points are like to win. Like I'm projected like at least 10 points higher. And every week I lose that. And then the few weeks that I'm projected less and I, it's hopeless, I end up winning. Yeah, I, I went and picked Melvin Gordon too. So like, and he, he doesn't did. have a contract. Yeah. So. <laughs> but that was like a flyer thinking like if he does come back, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And But now I have... Gordon and Brown possibly not playing all season. Yeah, should have drafted Hunt. He's suspended for the first eight games. First eight games? Yeah. What did he do? But when he's back, he's... Uh, he, I think he beat his wife. Domestic violence. Domestic. It, that's insane. Only eight games. Half a season. Well, he was... But he last year, he missed time, too, because he... It came out last year. Yeah. He was the best running back in the NFL, and then they and then, released him. Yeah, they... Yeah, oh, that's hotel. good. They released the video or something, and then, yeah, it was like... The next day he was gone. Yeah. And he was the best in the NFL. And did another team pick him up? Yeah. Guess who? Cleveland. Cleveland? <laughs> I, see, I don't know enough about football to know like who the who a team like that would be. I know. Of. Historically, it would either be Oakland or Cleveland. Because they like the misfits? The dirty yeah. yeah. And Cleveland's actually supposed to be pretty good this year. So we'll see how that works out. It's, it's insane that any team would have the guts to pick up a player after that happened, right? Like, hey, what does that say about the league or this, and society? They haven't won a division title since 1989. Oh, so they're just... So they actually went an entire the, season without winning a game much like yourself. 2017, <laughs> yeah. But they actually played. I forgot to say They set their lineups. <laughs> <laughs> they set their lineups. Do you guys play fantasy hockey as well? Or is no. that kind of weird? Like, that gets into... I, I used to, but I don't know. It's just nice to... Like, I know hockey, and the reason I got into fantasy football was, like, helps you learn the sport. And yeah. Like, yeah. Especially being in the States, like, know the players, and it's so big down there. But I don't know. It, it would be kind of fun to play hockey, but, but I yeah, I don't know. I did hockey last year. I won it. No big deal. <laughs> uh, but, like, 
I don't even know if I like set my lineups maybe once a week because hockey it's every night you have yeah. to set it. We can auto set for the week though. Yeah, you can, you can, but like if you're on top of it because like you have guys on your bench and mm-hmm. like sometimes the guys aren't playing, you have to swap swap them around. Or yeah. See if a guy's hot, you want to put him in or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't really do any of that, and I won, so maybe I'll have to take that into football this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, let it be. It's yeah. It's it's. I like I like actually having to do something. Like you play for money in your leagues. Yeah, I don't know if I got paid for my hockey one, but we play in our fantasy. Yeah, it just makes everyone try. Yeah, yeah exactly. And we switched to a keeper league That's, this year, which is huge too, because yeah. <laughs> the year before was a debacle. Every. Yeah, there was lots of collusion. Guys are out of it, and they're just like, "Hey, I'll trade oh, you all my that's guys." The worst. <laughs> that's the worst. There's gotta be some honor in in the fantasy games. Well, you gotta try and get your money back if you're the goner. I traded all my good players to Keegan. Guilty. They're good trades, though. I may have come up like on the upside of a few of them, <laughs> like but. Ezekiel Elliott for like a tenth rounder. We didn't even keep. No, the you gave me AJ Green. Sorry. See, he remembers. Though. Yeah. See, I I spent all year on my fantasy hockey team. Like every day, like spent at least like ten minutes on it, looking to see if there's any good waiver wire pickups. Like looking at the projections, who's playing, who, getting the lineup just perfect, and I crushed it. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, so like, who's got the money? Because I thought we all sent money to someone. They're like, oh, we, there was no payment for this one. Oh. And I was so I was I was actually offended, and I also was kind of like unsure because I'm like, I wouldn't play a league if it weren't for money unless like i don't remember this i'm like i thought we put in 20 bucks at least but it was absolute yeah. bullshit it's got to be some kind of reward to make you play for and bragging rights just aren't enough i mean more no, than bragging it rights just doesn't do it for you anymore <laughs> no so i get um i want to ask you guys what do you remember about playing together for the first time back way back when because we're all getting older now not much other than he wanted number four and you wanted it too no. Oh. I thought there was going to be... you actually remember that? Some oh, yeah, I remember that. But I was like, no, I don't want number four. I was number seven growing up. Yeah, you were. Why seven? I don't know. Just looked good. I don't know, maybe Keith Kachuk. I had a Kachuk jersey. You were number seven. Did you have his blade too? That old no, hook? No, not the hook. My dad wouldn't let me use anything other than a Medano so I could work on my backhand. <laughs> I remember, I mean, we had like... I don't know when the first year we played together was. Like it was probably it was Laurier like, Lightning. Yeah, the Laurier Lightning was like our community team before you got like more into like your like Tom zone. How, yeah. how old were you? It guys? was called Tom Thumb. I don't know. We were uh, probably like six. Yeah, maybe. like re- like like basically just started hockey. Like yeah. right after like what Timbits would be now. Like yeah. your, maybe like, like your second after, or third year of hockey kind of thing. Yeah, just ants chasing the puck, basically. Yeah. Like when you first figured out how to skate, yeah. then your parents like put you into it, kind of. Yeah, it was called Tom Thumb. Yeah. We're the Laurier Lightning, and we did, we practiced once a week outside, yeah, or maybe nice. more, at the Laurier Community Rink. Oh, yeah. And we had a pretty good team. Like, lots of our, like, probably, I don't even know from Laurier, but like, at least like it's eight or ten of the guys, like, we stayed together yeah. For the most part, until like Pee Wee. Yeah, all the way up Pee Wee Adam. Mm-hmm. A couple guys even into Bantam. Until we went to the. And we were actually. We were both forwards. Yeah. I switched to D before you. Yeah, you did. And it was. I think I was maybe first year Pee Wee or, or Adam maybe. I switched to. I was second. No, first year Pee Wee. So I was in Adam. Yeah. I was a, I was a forward. And, and they 
like they pick the teams I think based on like the players like you know you yeah. could do tryouts but then knowing they didn't have enough D so the first practice I remember the coach like Wayne Trent skating up to me yeah. when we're skating around he's like do you, how do you feel about playing defense and like I was just like what no like <laughs> like in my mind I, I didn't want to and, and I don't even remember cause uh, I mean he probably asked just cause he knew dad was a defense yeah player. he thought you'd be all over yeah, it yeah and he was like he was like oh it'd be good like you have a good shot whatever cause like back then like if you couldn't even raise the puck like yeah. you're you couldn't be a D-man because you couldn't <laughs> even get it to the net, you know? And um, and then I don't even remember, like, the. to be honest, I don't even remember saying yes, but I was a D-man <laughs> ever since, and I, I, but I loved it. Like, I, I don't remember ever not liking it other than, like, the first practice being like, well, this is going to be boring. Yeah. <laughs> I remember walking into Oliver Arena and Wayne saying the same thing. He's like, you're gonna, you're, we're going to put you on D. And I, in my head, I, like, started crying. But then, like... But I remember, I, I remember your, I remember, I actually physically remember Jaden's first game on D because he was skating behind the D zone net, like wheeling the net. Yeah. And he like dropped the puck between his feet, like a mighty duck style move, like back then. And Jaden's dad ran the D gate, like out of the bench. And like you keep came back to the bench and everyone's like, that was so sweet. And your dad's like, don't be doing that. Get it out. Off the glass. And then and then we Jaden's dad drove us to lots of hockey because he helped coach the team and we lived right next to each other and uh, and I remember that night like after you did like it was kind of one game to see how you liked it and then yeah. you, it was the talk of whether or not you were getting or not and I wanted him so bad too because <laughs> yeah. we were best buddies and you know we'd maybe be D partners or yeah. whatever right <laughs> just do the same thing. Helps did, out big time. Do you guys end up being D partners? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure we played with everybody. Back yeah, then, yeah. You didn't really stick with a partner. We probably thrived best together, though. Yeah. When well, you weren't, when you weren't players. just chirping each other. <laughs> we were both lefties, so someone had to play the offside. Yeah. Uh, or we just both played left. <laughs> it might have. Happened. Well, when we first started playing together um, in Laurier Lightning, it was. Uh, we didn't have positions and our coach had like would always have a pen in his hand and like you'd come in one gate go out the other and he would it would just be random so he'd he'd, right before you go on the ice he'd go with the pen and hit you on the helmet and go left wing center right wing left defense right defense oh I remember that and so you'd try and like shuffle yourself in the bench to everyone wanted to be center right so like you'd try and like if you were the second one in line like counting you'd you'd get the pen tap for I remember that that was fun you, do you ever wonder does, do players ever wonder like oh what if I had played forward or what if I had played defense does that ever occur to you how the career would have gone I don't know I played forward in pro and I know how my career would have gone if I stayed forward yeah. so, so it's a good thing I went back to D but I don't know maybe people are kind of wishing that one thing I don't know there's a lot of like offensive D men now so mm-hmm. like who knows maybe they would have stayed forward or something like that. Yeah. Could have put up some more numbers, but... And you always think of the... Just there being more spots for forwards. Yeah. Like, there's 12 play in every game instead of six, so... Yeah. But then again, like, if you're a forward and you're on the fourth line, like, you're playing a couple minutes a night, whereas, like, if you're a D, like, 
you can't afford to dress a D and play him three minutes a night. Like yeah. every D's playing a decent shift, so mm-hmm. that's nice too. I've never actually thought about what if I was a forward, but sometimes, like especially like early in my pro career or whatever, like you know, you, especially in the minors, like guys get hurt, guys get called up, and then all of a sudden there's no guys, and you're kind of like, oh, it'd be kind of fun to like <laughs> play. But I would have to play center because you can still see the ice the similar way. Like you can As keep everything player. in front of you. Yeah. Winger like coming up the wall, looking oh, back. Just I getting can. rocked by a guy. Yeah, like, it's you're just, looking for the big hit. <laughs> and I don't know, like being a D-man, I don't, uh, you know, a couple times you like, if you come out of the box or something and, yeah, you, and you have to like you might get a breakaway or you have to or, play forward yeah and, <laughs> and standing yeah. as a winger in the d zone yeah you just kind of have to like know where your d-man is and yeah. but other than that just watch and i don't like being like okay you guys Stand do your man. thing like i like yeah. being able to help like, yeah so yeah what is it like like how do you how do you come into the player that you become? Like how how do you develop a particular style? Is it just a matter of like one game when you're young, you do something, you're like, hey, that worked. I should do more of that. I think you just kind of focus on like your own individual strengths. So like like for me, I guess I'm a bigger guy, so being more physical and stuff, it mm-hmm. it gives me more time when I do have the puck because like like if I if I hit somebody earlier in the game the next time that they come down with the puck they might just like dump it in instead of trying to like right. make a move and get hit again or something like that mm-hmm. so i think it just kind of frees up more space that way so i don't know like a guy that has really good hands he's probably gonna be like a playmaker you know make right get the puck make a nice move to an area and then be able to find an open guy or or whatever mm-hmm. so like i think just kind of what you're good at you kind of stick with you focus on more and yeah. more and then eventually you get labeled as that kind of player right I think so yeah. did anyone ever say anything about you that you were like oh I guess I am like that or kind of a realization that you're like oh yeah a lot of people told me that I had slow feet so <laughs> I realized that <laughs> who was was Keegan the first one to tell you that no, Keegan told me I, I was slow in other areas <laughs> but that was yeah <laughs> I don't know I didn't I'm trying to remember, like, my last year in Midget, like, before we both went and played in the Western League, mm-hmm. I was, like, but it's Midget, too, like, you're younger, but I was on the power play and put up, like, lots like lots of points for a defenseman, and mm-hmm. then I went in my first year in junior, and obviously you're not going to, I mean, some people light it up when they're 16 years old in the WHL, but, and I was, like, at the start of the year, I was on the power play and stuff, but I only had, like, you know, 12 points and then that summer going into my second year which was my draft year I went into camp and I felt unreal and I was like skating the puck and mm-hmm. camp I was like I was like oh I'm an offensive defenseman like I can like <laughs> yeah. and because I kind of was when I was younger like yeah. more more of it at least and then I started that year and I didn't have the greatest start to the year like I you know had some points and whatever but I was like it was like really erratic and I was just like I don't not that I, I I didn't like that I didn't like like not being reliable and I you know I was wasn't playing as much and then I just I don't know talking to the coach and stuff just like it's like slow things down whatever and I started doing that and then I my second half of that season I had, had a great season and I was just like super reliable no one to, and then that's just kind of what I became you like me, the feeling of being that guy yeah the yeah. erraticness and like just like skating all the time and big poise guy yeah it just well it just 
and then over time, also, we had so many good players in junior that, like, you know, we had Reinhardt and Pesic, D-Men, that, you, didn't you know, those are the power play spots, and they were, like, they were better at that. So, like, you have to find your yeah. your niche and just grew to, like, love. Like, I love killing penalties now. Like, I don't play on the power play. Everyone says they'd love to play on the power play. Like, yeah, you want to go at once. But, like, I, I like... When I'm good at, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy like blocking shots or like killing off a five on three is like a great feeling because they should be able to score. Yeah. Like you would think, and when you kill it off, you get the puck and you clear it. Like that's like a that's like you like to get a couple goals a year too. But that like that's like the best feeling in the it's world awesome. for me when you're like we have three, you have five, and we like you guys didn't you get barely got a chance. You yeah. know what I mean? Blocking yeah. a shot on a five on three is like almost better than scoring. Yeah, <laughs> and you see, it is, and you're just like on one knee, and they're going D to D for the one timer, and you're just like, this is gonna hurt. But like, you know, the bench is just gonna erupt yeah. when it happens, and yeah. you're like, yeah, you feel pretty good when you skate back to the bench, and everybody's like, ah, oh, boy, yeah, <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. it just gives the whole team a huge boost, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Like a little extra energy to yeah. get out there. And There's go. certainly ways to like help your team out by not just scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give, give the extra jump that your team might need. But of course, scoring is always nice too, right? Yeah, it's nice to, it's nice to get that once in a while. It <laughs> doesn't happen often. <laughs> but it is nice. Hey, I saw a couple breakaway highlights from you last year. <laughs> yeah. One yeah. out of the box. Oh. Some good celebrations too. I didn't get many, so every time I scored, it had to be a good one. And they never were good. <laughs> never scores. knew when you'd get another chance. Was that backhand one in Nottingham? Was that out of the penalty box? That was, a, that was my first ever breakaway out of the box. But you spent a lot of time in the penalty box last year. Yeah, too, right? so it was like surprising that. That was my first ever one in the box. <laughs> was it? Did you fight a lot over in uh, England? No, I only got into three, but uh, I got suspended for a couple games for hits. Um, but whoever's listening to this should go and look at those three times he did fight. <laughs> well, I know, I know Kelly was posting online about the, how bullshit the calls were in the suspension. Well, that's, wow. That's what any dad's going to do. <laughs> I agree with him. We'll he let whoever's him. listening to the podcast... Go and look up Jane and Wrestling hit, and they'll come up, and they can be the judge of that. There's a couple good ones from last year. The one got me six games, though. Six games. Six games. Do you think that was just because it's a different kind of style of league? Like, do you think if you had done that in the coast or? I've done else? worse in the coast. I've <laughs> not got suspended. Well, the the one where you were like behind the play and the guy like thought he had a breakaway and you just blew him oh, up right yeah. at some, was that a suspension or no no that was good that yeah was, that, that was, was a clean, clean hit that one was Deep. this guy gets a puck and I don't, why were you so far behind the play my, drop, my D-man was changing and oh, I hopped off the ice Jaden dropped his stick or something oh. and this guy gets a puck in full speed and like you can tell Looking in the video down. like he thinks he's at center and yeah. he thinks he's going in on a break, he's and then Shannon just absolutely <laughs> blows him up. Like our D man was changing, and like I hopped the boards and saw it happening. I was like, "Yeah, going for it." <laughs> and the announcers are awesome because they have the English accent. And who's the? Yeah. Do you remember the guy's name that fought you? No, I don't. Remember and he's—I don't know. He's like. And this isn't looking good for <laughs> do, do they do they commentate the games like they would like a soccer match? Like all polite and No, not really. Our our guy was because we didn't have webcast for home games because our owner's thought was he wanted people in, in the stadium that instead of like, watching at home. It's like the old Blackhawks so, owner. Exactly. So he's a hundred years old. Yeah, but it's like okay, what about 
all these North Americans that take up like 65, 70% of your team that have family at home. That yeah, no kidding. So like every, yeah, all those games, I think we had a feed, but we never saw it. Our, our goalie coach was our radio guy or video commentator guy. Yeah. So it was always pretty funny. He'd always come down in intermissions and stuff. So like after that hit, he came down and he was like, oh, you should have heard what I said. <laughs> Something like that. It was pretty funny. What's the worst thing you ever did to someone on the ice? Jaden? Uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a couple things. <laughs> just so many there's, things come to mind. Just or? in scrums, a couple fish hooks, yeah. maybe some eye gouging. I don't know. It's yeah. all in good fun, though. Yeah, for the guy doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I stepped on Reinhardt's toe, yeah. but that wasn't on purpose. And Not his toe, his foot. His foot, sorry. All 230 pounds of you cut right through his skate. I still get out. it. Did he mess him up? Yeah, he was done for the season. He oh, had death surgery. It right. wasn't on purpose, but... No, but I got, got... I was skating with my dad this summer, and the old Oil King's doctor was there, and he was the one that did the surgery and stuff. He was like, oh, so you're the guy that stepped <laughs> on his foot. Like, this was like six years ago, one, and two. No, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. It was the com- conference finals, yeah. and uh, I don't know what game it was, but... It was just an innocent play, and you like, you guys were like battling, and your when you went to like put your foot down, Jaden put it on like Griffin Reinhardt's top of his foot. Yeah, and literally like you wouldn't believe, literally just the weight, because like the skates are sharp but not that sharp. Right. Cut through his entire all his laces, his whole tongue of his skate, his sock, and his foot. I can't believe that those things don't have like uh, like the woven Kevlar in there prevent the socks do now yeah but yeah. not even not on the foot it's just around it's his just ankle. The ankle yeah, yeah but like can't like, but this was like the top of his foot why wouldn't the tongue of the skate have that because because try and do that again and it won't cut through the tongue of yeah, the, true, like it, yeah. it doesn't make sense how that happened i was heavier that <laughs> <laughs> tipping the scales just just got the skate sharp in that game <laughs> you guys get your skate sharp in every game uh no I don't like unless mine has like where I can't turn. I don't like to get them done. Right. Like I'll I last year with our equipment guy, he never touched my skates unless I like gave them to him. Right. So that was nice. Whereas some guys probably just they have they know with the equipment oh. manager, he's they know exactly what to do all the time. Some guys you feel so bad for the equipment manager because they go in there like especially after they just sharpen their skates and they're like kind of looking at it. You're like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they're like you need to get this more shaped yeah. or something it's like just give the guy a break <laughs> I just they're they're so good they I just let them do their thing though cause yeah. they'll after I mean unless you s- instruct them not to touch your skates yeah. like our guy w- will uh, after every skate you know go through the room and, and if someone's nicked or edge is gone they'll replace them and I think for the most part unless they're told not to mm-hmm. everyone will have fresh uh, steel for a game right yeah, yeah. But don't sometimes you don't want that because when you've got sharper blades, you sink in, you don't glide as much. But that's where that's where you there's different hollows and different ways you get your skate sharpened, and you just find what one you like. And yeah. that's more like if you're going to the store, they just do them all like at a basic generic like right. half inch, which is like a really sharp yeah. skate. So then yeah, like you know you see guys like rubbing it on like the the gate before yeah. they go out to try and dull it a bit. And, right. Do you guys have any weird um, pregame rituals? Any weird equipment things or 
I always just put on right before left, but I think that's out of habit, not necessity. Yeah. Like right skate, right shin pad, right elbow pad, <laughs> all that. Gloves, same time. But like right if you couldn't head. find your right skate, you'd put like on your you'd left be one in trouble first for the and then go looking for your right one. Yeah. Well, no. Like it's not like <laughs> like so if my right my skate, <laughs> my right skate needs to get sharpened, and I I got like I'm crushed crush for time like I'll put on my left one like yeah. it's not like it's the end all be all kind of thing but there are some guys like that that are really weird or like have in, in intermission have to go to the bathroom at like the exact same time on the clock or something like that like it's it's good to be regular I no, I feel that but like it's almost like you're in your own head too much like just kind of I like to be a little more relaxed and not as so uptight I guess yeah I guess everyone's got sort of a different different yeah. mindset are they, um, what are you, any weird ones? I don't do anything as far as getting dressed. Um, just whatever, I gra- like, obviously you get dressed in the same order, but that's how you get dressed. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, what he's talking about going to the bathroom, like, in between periods, like, I go to the bathroom before every period, yeah. like, right before we head out on the ice, but that's just because I'm drinking lots of water, like, I want to go before I go on the ice, so yeah, I don't have no. to pee when I'm playing the game. Exact same thing, but <laughs> some guys, like, once a clock, it's, like, the 12-minute mark or something, yeah. it's, like, they're up and they're off to the bathroom, yeah. like, it's, like, they're looking at the clock waiting for it. Well, and then, and then, I guess, if you start thinking about it, you do a lot more than you probably think, because when the clock hits, like, in intermissions three minutes or whatever I'll start like I take my gear off or my top half off in between periods mm-hmm. to cool down that's when I'll start putting it on but that's just more like okay it's Time three minutes that's about how long it takes me to put my gear back on yeah. and go on the ice yeah. so you could call it and then before the game you end up just falling into a routine like yeah. I'll get to the rink you know have my coffee tape my stick and then I'll do like a little bit of stretching stuff and then we'll do a PK meeting then a then a the power play guys which I'm not included in we'll do their meeting and then we'll do a it's nice our team meeting and then I go and we all well not everyone but usually about half the team plays soccer yeah and then I'll, I'll play that right until uh whatever until it's time to go down and get dressed and then I, that's the one thing I do do is right before I get dressed after I play soccer mm-hmm. is I go just do a cannonball in the cold tub right. and just just not a cannonball like I just jump in and, <laughs> and submerge myself yeah and it just like it just like wakes every you know yeah. you dive in like a cold lake it yeah. feels unreal just shocks your system yeah. and you're ready to go yeah and then I start getting dressed yeah. yeah keeps yeah. everything tight <laughs> What's well, like if you guys don't get your normal like pregame routine, whether it's like your your meal or your nap, like does it totally throw you off, or is is life pretty much set that you're able to get that every day? I think it, yeah, it's pretty well set for the most part. Like you have your routine. Like if if something is thrown off of that routine, I personally I'm like, okay, it's one game. I can get through this or whatever. Like I can I can battle through for one game. Mm-hmm. It, there are some guys though that like the littlest thing can set them off and then they're just, it's just too they're, much. they're fucked the whole game <laughs> it's yeah. like they're in their own head and everything like that yeah I, I I just you just end up doing it and yeah like to Jaden's point I like to have my time set like I really like like you go to the rink in the morning and if you're if there's a skate you skate and then you go home then I'll make my pregame 
meal, my food, and then just crush a bunch of food, and then I'll show whatever Netflix show I'm watching at that point in time, watch mm-hmm. two episodes, and then take a nap. And, like, if I didn't... But you're always going to have time to do that. But, like, yeah, if I wasn't able to... Or, I, you know, I had to eat a little bit later or whatever, mm-hmm. which, like, on the road sometimes happens. Yeah. I Like, I'm same as him. I You just try not to let it affect you because, like really what's the difference other the the main thing for me is the nap because then i'm rested for the game yeah and then the food at the right time because if i eat it too early or not enough then i'm starving in the middle of the game and that's just not fun like there's nothing worse than like in the first period you're like i'm already <laughs> hungry <laughs> i was gonna ask what like that uh you guys had a really long playoff game yeah how many periods is that uh it was at, ended in the seventh seventh yeah four overtimes Two full games. So what were you what were you doing in between the periods in the dressing room, like eating and drinking? Like how do they keep you guys as as fresh as possible? Yeah, we essentially just kept the same the same thing going. Like they were really just forcing us to stay hydrated and yeah. they have like, you know, electrolyte tabs and and biosteel and all that stuff to that they were like trying to push on us because guys started cramping. Yeah. Would you eat anything though? And no, well, Snickers. So after the in the before the first overtime, I was like, yeah, like you know, one more period, whatever, right. it's fine. And you never go the second, And we have like a post game meal that's in the players' lounge in the room at home. And so the guy who the caterers bring it and set it up, yeah. And there's always like it's a relatively healthy meal, but there's always like a little treat, right? Yeah. And the they, the caterers there make these on like the world's best brownies. So after the fourth period, the first overtime, I went and walked in there and I was like, I need a little something. And it's like, I think our post game meal was like, like chicken fajitas, like rice, chicken and veggies. And I was like, okay, I can't eat that. Like, and then go play. And then the brownies are right there. So I had one. And then I had one in between every period. Because at that point, it's like, it's probably not the best, the best thing to eat. But it's like, you just need to eat what you can get in your stomach. Because like. I think sugar. I think I played almost sixty minutes that game, yeah, like, yeah. which is and, a lot. And and it was just like a ton of stuff. It, like when I remember taking my skates off after, and we lost too, which was the worst. Yeah. But take my skates off, and my feet like were like so pruned up, it looked <laughs> like I had been in it. Like it was, it was so drenched. It was like Guys were cramping. It was. Your it was feet were hanging out in the hot tub for the last six hours. It was it was fun though. It was fun because. If you, we figured out if you like completely straighten your legs, like locked your knees out, that's when you'd like get the the cramps. And so going back to the bench is when you'd usually do that if you're like coasting back to the bench. So you just like, okay, I don't have to do that. And as a D, we're all talking like cramping up and Caleb Jones, one of our D men was like, man, I'm going to cramp up and we're all laughing because we're all going through the same thing. Right. And sure enough, that shift, he goes down and he's down like he's down and but but we we can't help but laugh because we know he's not hurt he's yeah. just cramping but when you're cramping you physically can't do anything yeah. about it like that's insane yeah. had you won do you think you would have uh, kept the brownie thing going for a few games well the brownies don't come till the end of the game so I <laughs> go talk to the caterers hey can I, you guys bring a couple to you know, start the game try and eat try and eat relatively healthy but you know when you're at that point you're just like oh it's Never play this long game in my life. Have as many brownies as I want. Seriously. <laughs> pizza too. Going into your seventh now and your sixth professional seasons, what's changed for you guys 
for like in terms of mindset preparation like are you you know are you more are you more relaxed now I think yeah a little more relaxed I think for me like it might sound bad but I think it's not working harder it's just working smarter yeah um does it like I'm a big believer in know what you need get what you need mm -hmm. so like if you're not feeling too good one day you know maybe take it a little bit lighter there's no sense yeah going balls to the wall and then just kind of messing yourself up for the next couple of days um just kind of stuff like that i guess yeah a little more a little more relaxed less nerves yeah 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 especially going back to playing the coast like i was there for four years so kind of know what that league's about mm -hmm. and uh know a lot of the players obviously from playing against for four years so kind of a little familiarity there to know what I need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it? Um, are you changing any anything going into to this year? Uh, no, not in particular. Uh, I know, like the when last time I was in the coast, they were sponsored by CCM, and now it's Warrior. Mm -hmm. So, I think, I mean, hopefully the sticks are somewhat the same. Otherwise, <laughs> like I might have to figure out my weapon pretty quick. <laughs> you don't have it already? No, no, we don't. We don't get our sticks in the summers in the coast. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Keeks? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just definitely not more, you don't want to say more relaxed, but more comfortable. And like like I said, you learn over the years how to, uh, how to, what, what you need, like what your body needs. And, yeah. And so you know how to take care of yourself and you've figured out like kind of what works for you but at the same time you know you see guys who figure like think they figure out what works for them and they've played for 10 years or however long and they just continue to do the the same things but stuff's always changing and there's like you need different things and you get older or, or you know you have an injury that you need to take care of so i think just found out how to take care of myself and you know know what i need in order to in order to to be you know fully rested and ready to go all the time and that in turn takes a lot of stress off of off of you and right. basically takes all the stress away because you know you know that you're going to be ready to go for every game right so yeah not more relaxed but just more confident probably, yeah yeah right? for sure yeah it, it takes all the all the worrying out of it and you're just like Kate well tomorrow's a game but I know I've I've done everything I need to do so you know the day before the game you're not worrying about the game or anything because right. you've you know what it's all about has playing the game changed for you guys much over the last like say six seven years have you noticed because obviously you look at the nhl and you see sort of the styles change a little bit does that trickle down into other leagues as well 100 percent. yeah i think so yeah like a, for example in the american league uh like physicality is a lot less i mean it's still a really physical league and I mean, lots of people don't watch the AHL a lot just because it's not broadcasted a ton. And, mm -hmm. like, if you're going to watch a game, you don't blame them for watching the NHL. But the AHL and, the, like, minor pro leagues and junior, for that matter, too, is, like, really exciting hockey because mm -hmm. no one's where they want to be yet. Like, everyone right. is still working to either stay at that level or get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And no one's, no one's like, oh, I've made it. You know, there's no complacency at all. Mm -hmm. So, um but at the same time, yeah, the rules have changed. And, you know, like even my first or our first couple of years pro, like in the American League, for that same reason, you know, if there was a guy who was a tough guy or a physical guy, mm -hmm. he was doing that every single night. And he was like fighting every single night. So the league was so physical 
because he knew that if he wanted to make it to the NHL and if he wanted to make it as like an agitator or like an energy like checking player like he had to do that every single night and not take a shift off ever so it was it it makes it super exciting hockey but now it's there's less of that right like there's there's rules on fighting and you like I think you can only have 10 fights a year now where so the oh really in the AHL you can so and there were guys fighting what like oh 30 games I think my first one of my first years Zach Stortini was playing in Norfolk which is uh Anaheim's farm team at the time Mm -hmm. and that's close to Charlotte we paid him 12 times a year but Stortini had like 48 fights or something insane <laughs> how many did he win I want to look it up wow good question but he uh you have 48 I don't think it matters so it's definitely like I mean the probably the most fights a, a guy would have in the AHL is like 7 now so like you just look at those two numbers and all of a sudden like you can see but but there's so much skill too in the yeah. AHL because lots of teams there's guys that are like probably skilled enough to play in the NHL but they don't want to rush him right so right. they're just so yeah it's if you ever get a chance, exciting hockey. Watch. Yeah, no, I watch the games every once in a while. <laughs> it's it's such a weird blend of like older vets, young guys who you know are just not quite good enough for the NHL, and then like obviously that sucks for the team having to balance like playing your best players versus playing the players that you want to develop too, right? Yeah. It's got to be a, it's like probably a lot of politics and juggling, way more so than the NHL, right? Because you're this kind of intermediary league on the way up. Yeah, I think they probably have to stay on top of those guys almost as often, if not more. Yeah, just what, to make sure that is, their future is good. Is there a fight limit in the uh, in the coast? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't. Know. <laughs> You'll find out when you yeah, hit it. Just hopefully, I don't have to. <laughs> I, I bet you it's the same. I feel like they usually they're, they're pretty the standard ones. across the board. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's What's your guys' take on that? As guys who both like you weren't huge fighters, but you well, definitely fought when when necessary. I, I think it's good, not necessarily to have a limit, but that it's down, just because it kind of takes the guys that don't play hockey out of the equation, mm-hmm. and then that way, I don't know. I guess you're a little more relaxed because. You know somebody's not going to do something completely stupid out there. Yeah. So it's almost better in that sense, but like there still has to be fighting in hockey because mm-hmm. there's if you take it out completely, there's so many agitators and mm-hmm. just rats, I guess, for lack of a better word, that'll do something stupid, and then there's no way to hold them accountable. Yeah, it's so like that self policing is so effective. Yeah, right? it's the way that like games get out of hand is when. You can't put it in your hands, I guess. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the, uh, I think where it's at now, at least where I play, is pretty good. Like any lesson, like you said, you lose, you lose a lot of that, and you have guys just free to run around and do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's most of hit or sorry fights now come off of something that's happened in the game, like right. like physically you're taking advantage of someone yeah which is kind of like what it's there for there's not a lot of like hey like i'm the tough guy on my team here that but there is some of that still and i think it's not like okay these two teams are playing these two guys are going to fight right at the start of the game Mm -hmm. but there's still that like okay my team just went down two goals like i'm going to try and fight this guy and i think that still has a place like obviously you don't want anyone to get hurt um but you know we have we had a couple of those this year, especially, you know, in the playoffs or in the regular season too, and where, you know, it, it wasn't because of a hit or anything, mm-hmm. but it was just like, Hey, my team needs a spark. And that's, 
I mean, the only reason you should be fighting is to stick up for a teammate, stick up for yourself, or change the momentum of the game, right? right. And just team. to fight just because you think you're supposed to fight, that that's pretty much gone now, and that's I think that's fine. But I don't... I. I really hope it never completely goes away. Just to fight because you want to fight? <laughs> that, I think that should be gone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anything to like help your team yeah. out, that's, that's definitely got its place in the game for sure. That was like Brian McGratton. He, he, he says, he's like, I like to fight. He's like, I enjoy beating someone's face to a pulp. Yeah. Right? Like, it's terrifying to be on the island. Like, that's like the most effective kind of enforcer, right? Yeah. Sure. But then you go back. I played against McGratton. He was playing in San Diego at yeah. the end of his career, and like people knew that. So he didn't play a lot for San Diego. But when he skated <laughs> at the start of the period, from they had to go across the ice from their dressing room to their bench, just skate across the ice just slowly. And you're like, oh yeah, that guy's on this team. So I'm gonna take a reason. you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it works. Go check it's, yourself, right? It yeah. truly yeah. works way more than. A referee, yeah, hundred percent. Maybe I won't slash that yeah. guy in the back of the yeah. knee or something. Yeah. And then if you're the tough guy on your team too, you're going to your own teammates and being like, "Hey, everyone, fucking shape up here!" Like, yeah. I don't want to do it because I'm gonna have yeah. to take that yeah. that hit for you. That was like um, Tony Twist with St. Louis and uh, Kelly Chase was telling us he's like they used to call it the race for Chase because everyone knew that they're going to have to fight someone and no one wanted to fight Tony Twist, so they'd all try and fight me. So I had to take all the first hits, right? (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, but the days of, you know, three fights every game or at least one fight every game are gone, and I think that's fine. Although it's still exciting when there's just, you know, like an old-school battle of Alberta or something that happens because that's, like, part of the emotion of the game. And, you know, you hope no one ever gets hurt from it, but... Well, they say, like, if you've got, you know, basketball game on one corner, a football game on one corner, a soccer game on one corner, and then a fight breaks out on the fourth corner, everyone's going to watch the fight, right? Like, yeah. there's just something primal about <laughs> it that, that just gets people's blood pumping, right? Fans love it. Yeah, it's insane. What, looking back, um, what's, your, what's both your most memorable and most enjoyable year of hockey of all time? And not just, like, junior or pro, but open it up to the whole the whole lifetime if we're going everything definitely the Quebec the peewee tournament that we had when we were the junior Oilers that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun how old were you for that uh, that was our first year peewee or second 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 so who knows 12 or 13 yeah probably 12 yeah I think yeah but yeah that was the furthest east I've ever been it was really cool it was like had ever been had ever been <laughs> it was it was during carnival too so we got oh, wow. to when we weren't playing hockey we got mm-hmm. to go do like all the fun stuff like it was it maple syrup on a stick yeah you roll in the snow, <laughs> roll in the snow, snow yeah. like, just shit like that it was a lot of fun and even that was like the first time that we've ever played against like teams from the US or there's mm-hmm. like a Japanese team there like trading pins with the Japanese team yeah that was there. a big thing you got we had our team pins and you just like pin trading right and you try and like trade your pins with other teams you guys must have absolutely just crushed the Japanese team we, we didn't, didn't play, play them. oh okay <laughs> what did we we lost in the second game yeah I think we did the best any Edmonton team I don't know and yeah so what happened like that tournament it's the biggest peewee tournament in the world and and it's huge like they play at the it was the Pepsi Coliseum right the Coliseum the Coliseum uh, big that's where the Nordiques used to play mm-hmm. best hot dogs ever. Um, good hot dogs yeah still to this day 
You can't beat it. I can't beat it. Yeah. <laughs> but the the teams came from all over the world, mm-hmm. and and teams would like so there'd be a team from L.A. which just took all the best players from ca- the whole state of California, and even elsewhere for that matter. And there's teams from Mich- Michigan, like Little Caesars, that would literally pay for a player from somewhere else to fly in to play for them in that tournament. Like that's how big this tournament yeah. was. And then how it worked in Edmonton was it was like in Edmonton you had to play in your zone, yeah. your community. Like we were White Mud West, and they just Edmonton just let a different community go every year to this oh, okay. tournament. Yeah. And so it was us that year. So we were just like maybe like how many teams were there in Edmonton? Like eight or ten. Yeah. And so we were like one tenth of the city of Edmonton, mm-hmm. and going against like you know like teams who are paying players to super teams, fly in, yeah. super teams, and we won the first game. I think we lost a second, but when you're there, you play some like friend like exhibition games yeah. too, and we we, we did pretty well in those, and we played in a mall with a roller coaster over the rink. Yeah, that's sweet. So we, I mean, obviously we, but we had a really good team. Like we probably could have went further. I can't remember the scores of the games or remember, I have no but, idea, but but it was an unreal experience. We did good. If Edmonton sent like an all star team, they, like I wouldn't have been on it, and they probably would have won it. Well, neither of us would have been on it. <laughs> Like, yeah, if Edmonton sent an all-star team, they would have done super good. Yeah. Like, really good. But, yeah, that was a fun year. What was that? Was that your favorite year, too? Yeah, I mean, as, well, when you – first, I was just thinking recently, and, like, last year was yeah. – um, I mean, you have to include the year we, we won the WHL championship because anytime you win, mm-hmm. it's fun. And Jane had one of those, too. But mm-hmm. you just naturally have a ton of fun. Um. But last year was my most fun in recent years because we had a fun team, like yeah. great group. Like we did well. We had like we had a lot of fun at the rink on the bus. Like everyone just, it was awesome. But as soon as you opened up it up to like our whole lives playing hockey, I just thought the same as him because I mean that's when you when you're kids when yeah. you're having the most fun. Like you have no care in the world. Yeah. And like you just don't even like. Like, did you pack your bag to go to Quebec? Like, your clothes? Like, you just bring over your team tracksuit. And, like, <laughs> like, like you just, like, you don't care about anything. Everything's yeah. laid out for you. And you get to, like, we're going to s- play a game in the morning. And then we're going snow tubing, yeah. like, yeah. down the hill. And then we're playing a game that night. Like That's, like, what you thought pro hockey would be like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was, I mean, it's a, it's. That was like that's the coolest experience ever, especially because you get to play in that giant arena and yeah. there's like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, for hockey wise, that was cool for me. Yeah, well, those are the moments you probably have to like think back to when times aren't going so well in the present, right? Like if you're on a losing streak or you're not playing well, like, like it, at those times, does it feel like does it really feel like a job versus like playing because you love the game? Sometimes, yeah, definitely. It's especially like if things aren't going well and you know, like everybody's kind of on a shorter leash mm-hmm. with coaching staff and stuff like that. It's it's almost like you're you're not scared to go to the arena, but it's not like it's almost like it's not your first choice where mm-hmm. you want to go where yeah. When you're doing good and the team's winning, especially if the team's winning, then like you get to the rink earlier almost cuz mm-hmm. it's just like it's that good of a time like the the feeling around the room is way better and nobody's really walking on eggshells kind of and that way like that doesn't seem like a job at all like mm-hmm. it's almost like you'd rather pay to do this right you're getting paid to do it granted for me it's not that much but still getting still getting paid to do it it's kind of like a sick joke of like human psychology where like 
when you're playing bad, you play worse, right? Yeah. And when you're playing good, you play better. Yeah. Like, like what what have you guys found that like helps break that cycle? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> just <laughs> luck. Luck. Yeah. yeah. Luck, yeah. I mean sometimes sometimes you just feel like you no matter what you do, you can't figure it out but then sometimes it's the other way like our team won like 17 games in a row this year yeah. but we're just having fun like yeah. it was just like you just get that like aura about you where you're playing you're down a goal and like 10 minutes left you're just like yeah 10 minutes left it's tons of time whereas other times you're like up by one with a period left and you're like there's a whole more period we have to hold on you know you just feel like it's yeah. gonna happen and when you get that like those good vibes like going you just feel like nothing could happen to break it right Right. it's kind of like the opposite of what people say like they say like keep an even keel if you're doing great you know or if you're doing badly keep an even keel like what you guys just said is like no like you want to ride that high emotion of like winning and you want to keep it going right yeah you don't want to get overconfident to the point where like you're not working but as long as you you know you're you want to know what that feeling is because then when you get to those shitty times and you have something to fall back on and remember kind of mm-hmm. like what it was like what it felt like and what you guys were doing to get there and mm-hmm. I guess if you start with that then that's a good way to get back to it but mm-hmm. I guess a lot of times like if there's doesn't seem like there's an answer that's usually when someone gets fired or somebody gets traded right kind of but I think the whole even keel thing too is like is uh you know when people are afraid that when the team starts doing good they're going to get like comfortable and be like yeah you know we don't have to work in practice like like we're gonna it doesn't matter we're good like but if you have the right guys around like when you're winning is when you're having fun so you actually like notice you go and watch practice or you're sitting in practice you're like the pace is high because like Mm -hmm. everybody's like this isn't a drag you know but then when you're losing you're like going to the rink you're like oh no this is practice is going to be so hard and like everybody's you know what I mean they're like conserving their energy because they're afraid of getting bags and then like all of a sudden you're like we're not working as hard like when you're having fun you like work hard because it doesn't feel like you're doing work have you ever noticed like in practices when things are going bad it's like nobody wants to make the pass that misses the guy's tape (laughs) yeah and then you end up doing it just (laughs) because you're thinking about it but then like when things are good and you don't even, that's not even like a question like you just know that you're gonna find that guy's tape yeah. right in a long you'll rip it hard yeah, like, yeah. Like, like you don't even think about that kind of stuff do you guys work with uh, like has sports psychology become a more prevalent thing in your careers at this point yet for me not no I, I haven't talked to one ever maybe I should I guess but uh, no I don't know I'm, I'd like to kind of work out my own problems I yeah. guess I feel like I'm a pretty reasonable guy, so mm-hmm. having a conversation with myself should should go all right. <laughs> <laughs> Steady Eddie. I think it's I think it has its place for sure, and it's like it's getting way more prevalent. Like yeah. every year, like guys are like yeah, my um, and teams offer it too now, right? Like like it's like now it's like a race of like if one team's doing it, like right. you feel like you have to. I had one one of the teams I played for. They had one come in and just talk to the whole team once a month and then they'd stay after and you could chat with them and like I think it's it depends on the person like some people really need to like hash like their own they have like you know they're not good mentally and they need to figure that out with someone but some people you know they they have it figured out or like Jane had said if 
maybe their only way to figure it out is with their self. Like everybody yeah. figures stuff out differently. I think the problem is people look at it as in like a deficit that needs to be balanced out. Like people look at it as, oh, you're seeing a sports psychology, you must be trying to get back to normal. Yeah. Versus like, no, no, like use that even if you're at normal to like improve it and get even better mentally, right? Yeah. It's just finding that edge. Yeah, I guess what it, you know, whatever it takes to get an edge to a, to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, there's obviously rules to protect. You <laughs> so what's uh, okay? Let me ask you a tough one, and then let, let me ask you a fun one, and then we'll wrap this up. What's what's been your toughest stint of time playing hockey? It's been the most sort of mentally taxing or the most unfun period of time for you. You ready? You got uh, a thing? No, Jane keeps going first in all of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'll go. Um, I, when I had my shoulder surgery, I was out for, it happened, I think it, it was within like the first two months of the season. I want to say it happened in November when I had my surgery, so then I was done for the rest of the year. Which but season was that? It was my second year pro. Okay. Uh, I couldn't tell you the years, I forget. Yeah. Uh, so I was in Cincinnati, and I was just basically doing nothing while the team was you know going going to games going on the road when they went on the road like i was like okay well now what do i do you wouldn't travel with the team no so it was pretty tough Uh, i'd go do go do my rehab the first thing in the morning and then it's like okay well it's it's 10 a.m and i I have no friends i'm in a new city (laughs) that was pretty tough but i got out of the house i got to go see a new city for me so that was good was that the uh, was that the genesis of Jaden's uh, travel solo travel adventures? That that was the formation of the it. The formation <laughs> of it. That's when it's J days. J days. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of J days that year. Yeah. Those are the best. Just, <laughs> who do you get to take photos of you when you're I at, just like, ask random just strangers? Does or, anyone uh, ask you like, oh, you're just here by yourself? Yeah, it's a great conversation starter. <laughs> well, when I was in Seattle, I had a J-Day in Seattle. And I was at, t- at the top of the Space Needle. Mm-hmm. And I just asked somebody to, like, grab me or grab a picture of me. And yeah. they were like, okay. And then I, like, went back inside and they served beer up there. So I was having a beer and the person that took the pic, like, I had a beer with them. Yeah. Like, it was great. That's awesome. But, like, yeah, <laughs> I guess it, I'm pretty, like, not shy, but mm-hmm. introverted. So it kind of gets me out of my shell. I guess. That's good. Yeah. I think I think what he said about the injury is that's probably I mean if you ask anybody it's always like some sort of injury or just when they feel like they're like stuck in a rat and like mm-hmm. not going anywhere. For me, probably I mean, my second year pro, pro I broke my thumb and needed mm-hmm. surgery, and it was like right at a time where I was playing good. <clears throat> I was in Charlotte, the Hurricanes farm team, and the Hurricanes were basically out of the playoffs. Guys were like starting to get chances, like you know, to go up and play. And I broke my thumb head surgery, and I can't remember. I was out for like six or six to eight weeks, somewhere in there. I needed they needed to put pins in, and so same thing. You know, the team's on the road, like you're by yourself, like a lot, and then you all of a sudden see like guys like start like getting called up and like playing the NHL, and you're mm-hmm. like, you're sitting there like, oh, if I wasn't like, you never know, you never know if if you were playing, if that could have been you, and you're like seems like since you're injured you're like oh like it definitely would have but like you never know and there's right. nothing you can do like everyone gets injured here and there and mental torture yeah right? yeah like, what if is the worst thing to think and then you're also like oh i'm two weeks in i have these pins in the end of my thumb like 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 how is like how can i get back quicker to like maybe but 
there, you can't like you can't yeah. get back into. It always your, seems like there's no end in sight. Yeah, when you're going through those injuries it sucks. Yeah, and then when the teams on the road, like Janet said, for two weeks at a time, and you're back home, and with my thumb. I was able to skate, but without a stick. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to. Go, how, how much fun is that? I had to go on the ice and just absolutely bag myself. And it was like wake up, not talk to anyone, go to the rink, get bag skated, and then go home, not That's talk terrible. to anyone. <laughs> like a like a Martian planet or something. And then you like the guys get home and you're like yeah like get to hang out with the guys and then it's like a game day and they're all like napping during the yeah. day and you don't get to see them after the game like. We were just on the road for two weeks like. Give me a day here. Yeah. <laughs> when you uh, when you come back from an injury, is there like a sense of rejuvenation? Like, are you kind of like refreshed and like trying to prove something? I think more so excitement for sure to yeah. get back out there. Um, I personally, I wouldn't say fresh, just because like what Keegan just said, you're always, like you're always working hard, so mm-hmm. it's not really like you, you take that much time off. Like especially if you can still skate, then the team's going to make you skate so you don't get out of shape. So you're always working hard, but I think, yeah, just excitement to get back and going. Yeah. Kind of not really like a fresh start, but just excited to get things going again. <coughs> yeah, get anticipation. Yeah, I think it all depends on the injury too, right? Like yeah. with with my thumb, like I was talking about, it was like when it was healed, the bone was healed, and I was like good to go. But like I've had uh, a high ankle sprain two years ago, and like it's like that – you have to make the decision whether you're ready to come back and when I did come back I wasn't ready thankfully I didn't hurt it more but like the one game I played I was I was like like I could barely push off of it but like you're like you're telling yourself like yeah I can play I can play and instead of a when a bone they look at the x-ray and they're like you're good to go yeah. it's like how do you feel are you and that's why people have so much trouble with concussions because you yeah. don't know so then you come back and you're unsure. You're like, I don't know if I should be playing in this game. Mm-hmm. And then, so it, it does affect you. Yeah. Then you're trying to think like, what, like, do I feel normal? Like, fuck, I don't know. Like, what does normal even feel like? Right? Yeah, you had this, yeah, like earlier when we were talking about the highs and lows, you, you need to have some highs to fall back on to kind of get you feeling that feeling again. Know yeah. what it's like. Yeah. Okay, so last question for you guys. We'll end on a fun one. What's your favorite uh, favorite memory on ice of the other person? Oh, okay, you go first. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> I don't know. There's probably lots, but this one always comes in mind. So in that same series where Jaden stepped on Reinhardt's foot, cut and, his foot off. Yeah. Um, we were playing in Edmonton. I don't know what game it was, and Jaden was all mad and grumpy, and obviously we were buddies. So, and he was. But something, I don't know if it happened in our series, but his teeth broke. Like, he broke his teeth, and he literally looked like Lloyd Christmas. He's this big guy, like, trying to be scary, and he's yelling at, like, all our young guys. And I remember just, it was in between, and he was screaming at one of our players. I don't know who it was. Cheek. Yeah, Cheek. It was Cheek. Trevor Cheek. Anyways, and I just, like, skated by him, knowing, like, we're buddies. Like, he was like, and I was just like, relax, big guy. And then, and then he like he was mad. He like glanced over at me and like until he saw it was me, and he was ready to start yelling at me. And then he said something, and then I was like, "Nice teeth." And then he's like, he was trying to spit it out like something about your toothies, and like he looked like Lloyd Christmas. And I'll just, I just can't get enough of that. I wish I could go back and. I don't. <laughs> Maybe we can dig up the replay of that one. Yeah. Um, Kale, mine didn't come from playing against you, but watching you fight Vinny 
Le Cavalier was like, I was like, I was ready to run through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did it again. Yeah, and then, and then round two. Who'd you give the decisions to in those? One for Keegan. Yeah. Two draw, slight Le Cavalier. I mean, number two. The second one. Yeah. Number two, he kind of got chopped. So <laughs> you, can give it, you can give it to him. For, for the way it started, I'd say it was a draw. <laughs> he, he jumped the gun pretty early. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, fellas, I appreciate uh, your time and um, good luck to you on the upcoming seasons. Thank you, sir. Both of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was fun to bring up some old stuff. <laughs> Just stir it up a little. <laughs> I'm glad we got that out. <laughs> okay, see ya. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that episode. It was brought to you in part by the Edmonton Community Foundation, which is gearing up for Will's Week running October 7th to 10th. If you've been putting off writing your will, now is your moment. Get out there and make sure the right people get your money. Visit ecfoundation.org and click on Initiatives to find more information about Will's Week. Also, be sure to check out the Foundation's podcast, hosted by Andrew and Elizabeth. It's called the Well Endowed Podcast, and it explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and that's it. Take care. We'll see you next week. Ciao.